Hello, friends. I have returned. I did not, in fact, cancel the podcast. I know it's probably what it looked like since I haven't been going for very long, but actually I just want to take a week off, and I thought I'd tell you all about it next time. And the reason I wanted to take off is I kind of came to an emotional boiling point with that job I talked about where it was just kind of fundamentally neutral, where it kind of stopped being neutral to me. I just kind of I've been really learning to fall in love with, like, nature and insects, and working at Above Farm is weird because it feels like I'm hurting the bugs a lot, and that's why I didn't like it. Um, So I left, and, well, I didn't leave. Well, I emotionally left, but what practically happened was, and this, uh, by the way, um, I am not uh, asking for help in this episode. I am not to anyone out there. I know I set up the money thing, but I the only reason I... You can donate for whatever reason you like, and for whatever reason you like, you can also not donate. Uh, but I'm also going to tell you this story and let that be be said honestly. So, yeah, I my I don't know where my car is. So I woke up uh, yesterday morning, and I didn't know where my car was. And what I immediately thought was my first thought came to my head was, oh, thank God. Uh, and that the reason that was my first thought was because. I, again, and part of my, like, falling in love with nature thing that I've been doing a lot, I've been feeling a deep sadness when I drive because it is putting poison into the earth of which I am a part. And that makes me, that breaks my heart every day to do. And I, I'm very happy that my car is gone now, now, but that puts me in a bit of a pickle because, uh, you know, I needed it to get to my job. Uh, but you know, uh, and I don't, and there, and so I can't tell if it got stolen or if my comp, if the, my land company, uh, my landlords, uh, hauled it out of the parking lot for not having the updated sticker. Um, I've tried to contact them for the last two days and nothing. So, and they're not in the office, so I don't know what's going on. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, um, but you know why I'm fine. You know why I'm gonna be fine. Why I'm not worried is because. You know, yeah, I, here's what I think I'll lose. I think I'll lose my current apartment. I think I might get kicked out here in a couple months. Uh, well, it depends on, you know, I have like two more months to go before they'll kick me out. So it depends on if I can get a job in the meantime that I love. And the answer is I think yes. And worst case scenario, I have friends that'll happily let me, because I have great friends who will definitely let me crash with them for a bit. You know, because then I'll, 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 look, uh, I'll always be looking to find my own place again as soon as possible. And I'll help them out as much as I can while doing that. Um... You know, because uh, we are, we care about each other, and they know I would do the same for them. Uh, but, so that, that, and that's the amazing thing, you know, about life. Um, to anyone out there who maybe is my age or younger, uh, who's looking for things that they wish they kind of, like, if you're, like, 16 listening, or you're, like, under the age of 24, I just want to say, the one thing that, at least in my experience, always makes life easier is having people to care about, and having things to care about emotionally. You know things to love, uh, specifically. You know, yeah. and I love my friends, and they love me, so that's why I'm gonna be okay with that. And you know, I. So yeah, uh, and I have a like. Here's the thing: I'm not. I I'm very happy that I understand the most important things are being warm, having food, having water, breathing, and loving. Because I have a lot of stuff that. While it definitely, I'm very happy to have, and it definitely provides me a lot of use, you know, I have 
paper towels, I have toilet paper, I have I have tools of which I can do things, and I might lose some of that because I might just not have a place to keep it all. That's kind of weird, you know. Ugh. I just hate when having some things is dependent on having other things, you know. It sucks. But it's, again, it's really not that big a deal for me because I have people. And uh, it just means, and also I have the internet. I have easy access to the internet, which means I can just get an online job. That's my plan. I'm going to get an online job. I'm applying I'm applying for, I think I told you all, I, I left my former career path of IT. And it was very scary for me at the time because uh, I just had a mental breakdown. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Didn't know where I was going. Didn't know what I was even living for. But then I kind of realized, you know, I, I, I live because I like it and... Uh, I want to be a writer, so you know I'm trying to do that. I've applied to writing jobs at different places, hoping to hear something back. There's one I think I actually I do have a solid chance of getting. You know, uh, it's like a creative writing job, and I just sent them a bit of my creative writing, and I, I think that might do the trick. Well, we shall see. And I, and I think and I think a pretty good looking resume outside of that. So we shall see. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I am. People uh, in my life who are listening, if uh, you know, I I think just uh, it's weird, but I think uh, losing my job and losing my car were very good things for me because it helps me to focus on the things that really matter inside my heart and that fills me with such deep power that I cannot describe. You know, uh, and I I'm just very happy to be able to do it and that I that I can do it right now in the circumstances that I am in. Um, and I hope uh, the rest of you can find a way to do it too, to to feel that power in going for the things you love. It is it is a very phenomenal power and one that I think all all people should learn to trust if they can. Um, maybe even do whatever they can to learn. You know. But yeah, that's where I am, and you know. So I hope you all don't mind that I just unloaded some emotional baggage onto you. <laughs> No, I think at this point you're you're coming back specifically for the emotional baggage if you're coming back, which and you know, thank you. Um but yeah, I and I saw that I'm at 105 downloads. But what I have been noticing is that I haven't been getting very many downloads for the last couple episodes compared to like cuz there was one point when I just got on as might be just the works of the servers and the that I I was getting like 20 downloads one weekend and then the next two weekends I only got like a like I and it's not bad. I you're like look at me like, I will go ahead and read off the statistics for my thing. And I'm like, Poem Forest, which has been out for, like, a week. Um, I'm surprised that, for example, Thankful... <sighs> I'm so happy you all loved my Thankful Cannibal trailer. I don't know why you liked it so much, but it has 12 downloads. It's in the middle of... It's It's got way more... It's got more downloads than Love, which I thought was an amazing episode. And, I mean, to be fair, it's been out a good amount longer. But still, even then... <laughs> and then Nukes and Corpse. <laughs> I don't I don't blame... I, I'm kind of happy Nukes and Corpse is kind of low. That makes sense. <sighs> but, yeah. So, yeah, nice uh, nice talking with you, as always. And I'm... Oh, I'm not done yet, by the way. I, I know I was gone for a fucking amount of time now. I just am, like... You know, you know, a friend of mine suggested that one of the amazing friends who's probably going to help me out if I end up homeless uh, suggested I do book reviews. So I don't know if I'll do like a full book review right now, but I, I will, I will, go, I will go grab one of my books and I'm going to talk about it and why I think it's kind of fascinating to read. And I'll be right back. Hold on.
Hello, friends. I return. All right. So there is a there is a book called the Book of Five Rings and Other Works by Miyamoto Musashi. And I do not know if people know who Miyamoto Musashi is, but um, Miyamoto Musashi was a very considered, but as far as I can tell, I know I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm a sword fighting and a sword history expert, but I, I got into it as a bit of a study field for a while. And what I learned was that this individual, Miyamoto Musashi, is considered by a lot of sword experts to be one of the greatest uh, sword fighters of all time, uh, potentially the greatest. And uh, I just can believe it. And even though I'm no expert about at sword fighting, I can believe it because I can tell the individual who wrote this, because this was written by Miyamoto Musashi himself like 400 years ago. <laughs> this is an old text. You know, I've got obviously like a modern version of it, but it's still the words, you know. This is what I think people should read instead of Sonsu. Sonsu I don't like because Sonsu clearly is meant to be a training manual, and it is very clearly meant to create a lot of soldiers uh, very quickly and give broad visionary tactics. And a lot of people read into it as, as philosophies, and I'm not saying you can't do that and still be valid, but ultimately I think it's important to remember that I think the person who originally wrote it didn't quite see it that way. I think they, they were just a general, and generals definitely take philosophy in their battlefield tactics, but that doesn't mean that he valued the men and the people who served under him. And I'm not saying Miyamoto Musashi did either, but here's the thing about Miyamoto Musashi. Musashi really wasn't, for most of his life, uh, a commander. He was just a duelist. He wasn't in the army, really. He was briefly as, like, a consultant, he, but, like, he originally was just a sword fighter who led, as far as some, a lot of history says, and this is disputed, and it might not be entirely true, but one figure that has popped up is 60 duels this individual fought, killed, and survived. That's 60. That's 60 people this person murdered in one-on-one -on -one sword fighting, which is insane. Like... Uh, just, just putting aside for the moment, which I the the moral implications there, which I will talk about, I will acknowledge that that is an incredible feat of skill, if nothing else, because to defeat another skilled sword fighter in single combat uh, very much requires, uh, as far as I can tell, discipline of the body, of the mind, focus, and other things that are, are of great value. Obviously, you still killed another human being, and that's horrifying, but. <laughs> You know, I'm not saying Musashi was a good person necessarily. I'm just saying I think he was a smart one. Which, if not, it was he was an he was a master sword fighter. And the truth is, anyone, no matter how morally correct they are, or how much they understand something like love, can have a great deal of knowledge simply from being a master of their craft. Because that is what it means to master something: is to learn as much as you can about it. Um, so here's what I. Okay, so the Book of the Five Rings is essentially it's described it's because originally it was written on scrolls. That's how long ago it was. It was like a tale. Okay, uh, so, okay. So I'm gonna I'm going to. All right, here's the introduction. I will read the introduction for you and a couple other select passages. Uh, introduction. I call my way of combat strategy Niton Ichiru. And I'm not perfect. I learned a bit of Japanese, but nothing a lot, so I can't promise the pronunciations will all be completely accurate, and I apologize if they're not. Um, this being the beginning of the 10th month of Kenai, 20, 1643, old book, 
I have old scrolls. I have climbed up Mount Iwato in the province of Higo in Kyushu, paid homage to heaven, made a pilgrimage to Canaan, and faced the altar as I contemplate writing down for the first time the culmination of what I learn have learned over many years of astute training. A warrior of Hirama, my name is Shinin, Shinmen Musashi, Kami Fujiwara no Genshin. I am 60 years old. I have devoted myself to studying the discipline of combat strategy since I was young. I experienced my first mortal contest at 13 when I, stuck down, when I struck down an adherent of the Shinto Ryu named Aramiya Kihi. This man killed someone when he was 13 in combat, in a duel. That is, and he never stopped. And I think that's why he kind of manages to have this sort of fascinating detachment from killing he he because he did it when he was a child and i think that it's just something he's known for so long it's it's horrifying but also fascinating because it it makes him a better killer but obviously that's not something you should ever want to be but also there it's not just that either though there's a lot of genuine intelligence and thought in plant like in here i'll keep i'll keep reading um at 16, I defeated a strong warrior named Akiyama from the province of Tajima. At 21, I ventured to the capital, Kyoto, where I encountered many of the best swordsmen in the realm. And by the way, Kyoto is, I believe, the older name for... I might be stupid. I, I always, I'm always i bad with names. Hold on. Is Kyoto just Tokyo? I thought it was the Japanese... Or is that just another city in to Japan that I don't know about? I don't know. Uh, anyway, I think it's the Tokyo thing. I might be wrong. Um, yeah, to the capital Kyoto, where I encountered many of the best swordsmen in the realm. Facing off in numerous life-and-death matches, I never once failed to seize victory. Afterward, I trekked through the provinces to challenge swordsmen of various systems and remained undefeated in over 60 contests. This all took place between the ages of 13, 28, and 28, or 9. I'm playing 29. So, 60 contests by the time he was 29 is what this person is claiming. And here's the thing. As far as I can tell, a lot of history experts... Here's the thing. They, they don't all agree with the 60 figures thing. And it's not a lot of points that maybe that is entirely accurate. And Musashi could be exaggerating. But also, there's a lot of how and how he speaks makes me think he isn't. Because, okay, for example, uh, let's let's take a look at... I'm going to reread this passage. I'm going to tell you why this doesn't sound like a lie to me or an exaggeration. And keep in mind, this is English translated by one author from... Japanese of the time, which I do not read. So it is entirely possible that if I read the original uh, translation uh, Japanese and understood it, that it might that I might gather from that that Musashi was lying. But I'm going to only. But since I only understand the English, I'm going to take it as the English presents and trust the truthfulness. This book was well reviewed uh, for authenticity, so I think it's it's fair. It was written by I believe a professor, so I think it's it's valid. Anyway, like. All right. At 13, when I struck down an adherent of the Shinto Ryu named Arima Kihai, at 16, I defeated a strong warrior named Akiyama from the province of Tajima. At 21, I ventured to the capital of Kyoto, where I encountered many of the best swordsmen in the realm. Facing off in numerous life-and-death matches, I never once failed to seize victory. Afterward, I trekked through the provinces to challenge swordsmen of various systems and remain undefeated in over 60 contests. This all took place between the ages of 13 and 28 or 9. And here's what you have to remember. Musashi was a human being, which means... He and I share something in common, and so do we share something in common with everyone who potentially might be listening in the world. We have an ability to phrase 
patterns of speech in a way that implies emotional rhythms. And what I mean by this is, for example, I can read this passage as a human being and feel like it's a fact. I'd feel like there isn't, I feel like, for example, this doesn't feel like boasting to me is what I mean. This passage, it doesn't feel like Musashi was boasting. He says, he, he phrases his words like he's saying it a fact, you know. Uh, at 21, I ventured to the capital of Kyoto. That is a fact. Uh, and, and he did do that. We can pick that up. Where I encountered many of the best swordsmen in the realm. There's nothing... He, he, he's, he, he's acknowledging the value of his opponents, which implies he he actually, he isn't like too egotistical. I mean, he might think he's better than he is, but that doesn't mean he's definitely skilled. Facing off in numerous life and death matches, I never once failed to seize victory. And you, that's, that's a lot to believe, but also I, here's the thing, in a contest of swordsmanship, obviously, because when, the, the, when, when they're duels to the death, or even just to wound, then, you know, whoever reaches the top has to be really good at it. Um, so, yeah, I believe it. I believe it. You know, afterward, I trekked through the provinces and challenged swordsmen of various systems and remain undefeated in over 60 contests. And here's the thing. Musashi says 60 contests, which is a lot, but also keep in mind he was writing this when he was 60 years old. And think about that. This was someone whose profession, when he was young, was to kill other people. And he's saying that he never stopped his profession. He never stopped the thing he was best at. And I'm like, honestly, 60? Human beings can do some impressive fucking things sometimes. And the greatest swordsman ever? 60? I mean, honestly, that seems kind of reasonable and maybe it's an exaggeration maybe it was more and here's the thing musashi was so has to be so fucking traumatized by all that death maybe it was only like 40 or something or maybe i don't know you know Ugh. it's hard to say but there's a lot in here in the way the, the the sentence structure and the pacing of the wording is that implies truthfulness even if necessarily the historical facts don't you know but even then the historical facts do a lot of the time so so it kind of it kind of seems like released right now that yeah he was pretty fucking insane. After turning thirty, I reminisced on past experiences and realized that my success could not be credited to a true mastery of strategy. And here's another thing that makes me think he's telling the truth. He had, he said he's essentially saying I didn't know enough. He essentially described that which it, the the previous passage I would only think was a brag if it wasn't immediately followed by a passage saying hey that wasn't good enough. You know, that's how you can tell the mark of a truly intelligent, capable person. They're never satisfied with how good they are. You know, like it's like, okay, LeBron James, for example. LeBron James is a superhuman. And I mean that in the sense that LeBron James is hyper, is genius level intellect. I don't like basketball, but my friend showed me LeBron James recently. And I'm like, oh, I get why people like LeBron James. I saw his 60 win streak of balls in the hoops. That was insane for any human being to do. And I can tell from the way he talks and the way he moves and the way he focuses, it's it's real. Like, everyone else actually can't do anything to him. He's that good, you know? Ugh. All right. Um, so, yeah, I think that this is just the equivalent for, like, sword fighting, which is scary because this means this person killed. Unlike LeBron James, who is a sweet soul, it seems, uh, who prefers not to kill people, this guy, uh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. All right. 
so yeah, then he goes on to say, could my triumphs have been attributed to an innate ability in the way of combat strategy that kept me from playing from heavenly, straying from heavenly principles? Or was it due to flaws in the other schools of swordsmanship that I encountered? Thereafter, I studied zealously from morning to night in a quest to discover the deepest principles. I was about 50 when I realized the real meaning of the way of combat strategy. So he spent the years of essentially 30 to 50, another 20 years, just studying. It doesn't even seem like he did a lot of a lot of fighting in this time, you know. He just he just studied, at least, or if he did, didn't claim. He doesn't seem to have claimed it, uh, at least not yet. And I'm going to reread the sentence. Could my triumphs have been attributed to an innate ability in the way of combat strategy that kept me from? playing from heaven, straying from heavenly principles. Could my triumphs have been attributed to an innate ability in the way of combat strategy that kept me from straying from heavenly principles? So he's essentially saying here, I think, could my victories have just been to something fundamental to the principles of sword fighting that and I don't quite understand that kept me from straying from heavenly principles. Heavenly principles, and I know I know Miyasashi was also like a poet. Uh, so when he says heavenly principles, he might mean things of value, things of perhaps moral value or or spiritual value, or perhaps something more literal like like high values, perhaps socially high values. Hard to say. I, I maybe you know. This could have been attributed to an innate ability in the way of combat strategy. That kept me from straying from heavenly principles. So his innateness in the way kept him from heavenly, or kept him from straying from heavenly principles, kept him true to heavenly principles. So whatever, he's essentially saying whatever fundamental thing that he valued in sword fighting allowed him to stay true to good principles or heavenly principles as as the english translation does say them again i definitely think i see this is the kind of book that makes me want to learn japanese specifically the japanese dialect of the time so that i can understand this novel fully like i think i get the gist of it but damn it's just like that's a learning a whole language and that's hard i mean i tried for a while but all right what that I encountered thereafter, I studied zealously from morning to night in a quest to discover the deepest principles. I was about fifty when I realized uh, the real meaning of the way of combat strategy, and then since then, I've spent my days not needing to seek anymore. Having attained the essence of the way of combat strategy, I practiced the disciplines of many arts without the need of a teacher in any of them. And what I think Musashi is saying was. So here in this this pre, next passage gives more insight into the previous one of the sentence we read. So could my trance have been attributed to innate ability in the way of combat strategy that kept me from straying from heavenly principles? Since then, I have spent my days not needing to seek any more. And I skipped a couple lines. Having attained the essence of the way of combat strategy, I practiced the disciplines of many arts without needing to turn any of them. So I think what he's saying is the thing that he learned that will that allowed him to win was not the was was not the actual way of combat strategy itself exactly but what was fundamental to the way of combat strategy which is that it was a principle of learning and it is the principle of learning which is fundamental and it is innate and i think what musashi is saying here is oh 
the way of combat strategy is innate and therefore it is also innate to other things, you know, because the way of combat strategy comes from something is what he's saying. And what it comes from that innateness is what allows for victory in every situation. And then he says, and now I am a master of many arts or I can master many arts without needing a teacher in any of them because he understands he has mastered learning itself. I think he is claiming. And so he, in the in in sense then masters uh and and i don't know if you know he he's at least mastered learning skills you know uh and i i credit i definitely think he's he's correct about that i definitely think this approach could allow you to master any skill ideas i think are different but you know i and then he does specify he does specify i practice the disciplines of many arts which is not you know it's very practical so there there's self-awareness there uh, and uh, yeah, so fascinating individual, hyper intelligent, and what I think, and you know, and I'm like, and, and there's definitely a point here that Musashi is making, you know, that, um, it, it, it's because I see what he means because there is a there are unique there are similar aspects to any kind of learning, you know, because I've 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 had educations of many things, and one th- and there is always a certain process which is first you know nothing. Right. First, that is the first stage of learning. And what that actually means is you think you know everything. Even if you don't actually think you know everything, deep down, there's a part of you that thinks you know everything. You know? Because you do. You know everything true to that you know, which is always something you can say. I know everything that I know. It is something you can always say that is a fact. And once you acknowledge that, you can focus on the ultimate... Um, value of learning which is comprehension not in the mind just but rather in the heart in the body in the the soul in the energy of the self to to have it become a part of you is the value of an idea to have it shape you to have it mold you uh, to have it enrich you more importantly and finally to allow you to love it and for it to love you most importantly and I don't know that Musashi understood the love bit exactly, but at the same time, at least for practical arts, he did. I just don't know if he did for people. And that's what's so fascinating to him. He was, like, technically kind of a serial killer in the sense of, like, you know, he, I mean, he did it for, like, the state, but that doesn't make it better. I mean, he did it in line with the state, but that doesn't make it better. You know, the Japanese state was very, it was awesome in a lot of ways, but corrupt in a lot of ways. Just like, I mean, hey, at least they weren't, you know, England. At least they weren't England. And you know what I'm talking about, Englanders. And I'm an American, so I really know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But yeah, Gonin no Sho, The Book of Five Rings brilliant book i really think everyone should read it if you if you are someone who wants to learn a skill uh take the advice of miyamato musashi the practical advice not the moral advice this man killed 60 people don't take the moral advice just be like hey i want to get good at playing guitar what does miyamato musashi have to teach me about getting good at playing at guitar (laughs) practically and, you know, um, I think there's a lot to learn from that book. Just be careful because it's written by a murderer. <laughs> uh, but still, very fascinating. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be it for this episode. Uh, I'm going to go call my friend now and rant emotionally to my friend uh, about my situation because I would like to and just keep them informed. 
but yeah everyone that was my little book review reading and my personal life journey update i'm doing really well in spite of the fact that i have lost my about to lose my material all my material possessions because i have people in my life and i have things in my heart that sustain me so uh that's it for this episode everyone have a good night um you know what i would love uh if you could all if you're going to share me with anybody if you could all share me with like a professor you know or like like if anyone knows any like cool english people and like department heads or like things like that you're like oh hey uh here's this cool podcaster person that would be a recommendation i'd be cool with and you don't have to i'm just saying i'd be cool with it (laughs) all right everyone you have a nice night now